Welcome to Faust in Wonderland, where theatrical plays and monologues are devilishly transformed into heavenly radio podcasts. Episode 2, A Brief History of 20th Century Theatre by Eric Koble. Hey muckers, my name be Mac, your Scottish contractor, here to tell you about a new housing unit for theatre stage folk. No matter where you bide actors, we've got the wee place for you. Thanks, Mac. Hecket Gruach here, senior sales representative for Burnham Wood Estates, a branch of Dunson and Manor. Since ancient times, actors have lived in a stage world with just three sides. Well, Now, thanks to Mac and his minions, we're pleased to offer actor housing with an actual fourth wall. That be right, lassie. We can give you a hand with that age-old problem. It's freaking cold in here. What is the damn fourth wall? So do not fish yourself. That icy fourth wall be all in the past. The past is history here at Burnham Wood, Mac. Just imagine your theatrical world suddenly enclosed on all sides, private and free from all forms of upstaging. Nay, Walloper director to tell you, stage right, counter then cross. You be free to tell him, away and boil your head. Tell that stage director he's got a face like a scalped arse. (laughs) Oh, well, goodness, Mac, a Scottish colourful. Anyway... Our fourth wall actor housing units come with all the amenities you can expect from a house without the house. Our fourth wall units offer actors a variety of staging options from aprons to wings. Freedom! Including features like presets, raked flooring, and proscenium arches. So don't be a numpty and stick your bum out the window. You're off your head if you don't get a four wall. So... Next time you're in Perthshire Village, look for our windblown kilt signs pointing you to Burnham Wood Estates. At Burnham Wood, we treat you like a king by moving the landscape. She's right about that. And while I wouldn't ride around to battle, my arse be out of me job if we can't sell more of these Jesse for a wall. And now a survey of drama from the last century. And what better way to do that than through advertising? As we searched the archives, we found this old radio advertisement for Indulge brand soap. Elaine, your poor hands. What's wrong? They're just so dry, Lisa. Nothing seems to keep them soft and silky as they used to be. What will Steve think? He'll think you're still the same beautiful girl he married when you use Indulge Toilet Soap, developed by actual doctors to stop dry skin where it starts by removing dirt, dust, other soap, and old cosmetics. Ooh, I can feel the Indulge working already. Works in seconds. And try it as a bath rinse. Does wonders for the whole body. Indulge Toilet Soap, like new skin in a bottle. So, we were wondering, what if the same advertisement was written by some of the foremost playwrights of the 20th century, starting with Eugene O'Neill? Oh, hell! What's that stench? Joe, 
you've been at the indulged toilet soap again. What if I have? I could say the same about you boozing it up with the fellas. And if I did, this TB's killing me, Margie. How the hell am I supposed to kill this thing that's killing me from the inside? Well, I'm killing its insides, so it can't kill me inside. You're plastered, you big orangutan. You could care less about my dry hands. Dry hands? You don't know what a skunk that makes me feel, Laurie. Margie. You and all your pipe dreams about your silky skin and your moisturising treatments and that corker of a beauty product you're always right on the verge of buying. But you never will, see? You never will. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm drinking the hand lotion. You can't drink indulge. Says 2% alcohol, doesn't it? I want my 2%. Give me the jar, you big omelette. Give it to me. I'll give you something, you anchor face, walleye dreamer. <laughs> stuff tastes awful. Oh, sugar lumps. I didn't mean it. You gotta see. A happy-go-lucky slob like me. I don't care what your paws are like, Lucy. Margie! Margie! <sighs> you mean it, Joe? That's the God's honest truth, Puddinhead. Now, where's me morphine? Indulge toilet soap like a pipe dream in a bottle. And what if the ad was taken a crack at by Lillian Hellman? Samantha, my dear, whatever could be troubling you? My hands, Delilah, dear. My hands. They're so dry, like crackling yellow leaves under magnolia trees in November. What will the colonel think? Oh, he'll wait to see what Zachary thinks. The colonel always sides with Zachary, except in matters where Matilda and Sherman are concerned. But what about my... Which will leave you, Digsby, Wellington, and Thurgood to fight over who will get to deprive me of my medicine. What are you? And the safety deposit box. Oh, Montgomery and Beulah will be like dogs and cats over that, and the old tin mine when my will comes calling. What are you talking about? Are we talking about my delicate hands, or aren't we? Oh, them. Dunk them in lard, honey. Or put your hands in this. What's that? Indulge toilet soap. It looks like sulfuric acid. <laughs> oh, now, sweetie cakes. Why on earth would I do that? This formula is tested by doctors, and the colonel does love silky skin. How do you know? Just put your hands in the jar, darling. You first, maple pie. No, you, apple seed. You. You! Daddy! Indulge toilet soap like a scorpion in a bottle. And how about the ad courtesy of Arthur Miller? I'm home! Frank, I didn't expect you. Not expect me? After the way Ferguson and Walters put the royal bow tie on me this morning? I tell you, Eloise, if my boys were in town, this whole stinking business... Here, sweetheart, sit down. Let me get your paper. And here's your bologna sandwich. Your cheese. Free. What the heck's... The mail came. Nothing but bills. I threw them out. Eloise, what's... How about a cigarette? And here's your slippers. Look at the little bunnies. 
What's going on here? Is the sun too bright? I can stand at the window, oof, like this, to shade your eyes. Eloise, stop moving. What's... your hands? They're... Oh, don't mind them, Frank. I talked to Betty Phelps today about her colonoscopy, and she said... I don't give two nickels about Betty Phelps. My wife's got dry hands, and I want to know why. I work, Frank. We all have to work. You know... I do know. I didn't dare know, but now I do know. You think I can't feel the devastating jackhammer in your heart? Your very soul every time I earn a buck? The truth is, the boss rules me and you and damn near this whole decaying society. But that ain't gonna dissuade me from spouting off when and where I like, as if I myself were some industrial smokestack calling to the heavens about my wife's chapped dry hands. I wish you wouldn't expostulate like that, Frank. I can't help myself. But what I can do is give you indulge toilet soap. A balm for man's soul in a bottle. Can we afford this? And now, Tennessee Williams. Ow! Oh, Dirk, darling, come in. Blast it, Jasmine. Why are all the lights out? I find the dark comforting, like a warm breeze after a swim in cherry pits. What? Where are you? I'm over here, just making myself beautiful for you, Dirk. Applying my perfume and slipping on some of my daintier garments. Those hiking boots, Jasmine. You putting those on? And you know good and well there's nothing I like better than to hear a deep, husky man's voice in the dark as I'm retiring to the veranda with a mint julep. You ain't hiding those dry hands again, is you? Oh, my goodness gracious, no, Dirk. Oh, dry hands. Because <laughs> I bought you some of that indulged toilet soap. Makes you all indulgent and soapy, I guess. Really? Well, let me take a look. Why don't you turn on a light, so... Nonsense. Whoop. Silly old footstool. You need some help. Oh, I'm light as a feather duster. I'm like a ballet dancer, I am. Where are you, Dirk? Over, ouch! Over here. Watch out for the menagerie. Jasmine! Indulge! Indulge toilet soap like the kindness of strangers in a bottle. And then there's always Harold Pinter. Oh, you must be my... Yes. I was just sitting. I see. My hands. Thinking about my hands. About the sort of way they used to be. Before the... Yes. Before... You. Can't say as I remember. Hmm. Not even to. Not without.
but I haven't. Then there's no... But my garter belt. Under the... Uh... Not until... The monkey, Emma. The monkey. Of course. And I brought you this. Bottle? Jar. Jar of indulge. For you. Indulgent. Like indulgence. Only gooey. Like indulgence. But does that mean you're going to... Not unless you make me, pet. Not unless you make me. Indulge toilet soap. Like silence in a bottle. And finally, what would the end of the century be without an ad by David Mamet? What the f*** are you doing here? What am I doing here? What are you doing here? I ask you what the f*** you are doing here. I'm waiting for my wife. Your wife? The little lady, the missus, the ball and chain. My wife, yes, my wife is for who I wait. You're shitting me. Do I shit you? Am I waiting? You are waiting. I'm waiting. Shit right. For my wife, I'm waiting. You got her the thing? The thing. The thing with the stuff. Her hands, that stuff. What do you call it? The stuff for her hands. The stuff, I got it. Doctors worked on that, you know, that stuff. The stuff? Do I know doctors? My brother, fucking Newark. Big fancy fucking doctor. Worked his fucking ass off for my wife's fucking skin. And fucked the butt on the I think you lost me in there. I'm just saying is all. And now you're handing the stuff over to your wife. Silver platter for that broad. On a silver platter of this fucking stuff. Broads get all the good stuff. You notice that. Uh, do I notice that? Do I have eyes? I look at this stuff. My tongue waters. But it's for hands. And it's for hands. But I'm being led straight into temptation here. So take it. Take it? Take it. Take the stuff. You're the man. You take Man giveth, man, what do you call it? Taketh away. You want some? Yeah, you? Give me that jar. Indulge toilet soap. Like in a bottle. Hi, I'm Gretchen, and we're here today on the grounds of the world-famous Thespian House, a community of tired and retired actors suffering from chronic multiple personality disorders. With me is Dr. Faustus, chief psychiatrist and colorectal theorist at Thespian House. Doctor, could you explain to our listeners why Thespian House has been in continual operation since 1960? Thank you, Gretchen, dear. As you know, actors in ancient Greece always used masks to characterize people and gods on stage. Unfortunately, after Greece, actors stopped wearing masks for millennia until the year 2020 when masks went back on. Between these two epochs, actors were forced by their directors to take on deviant personas with many subtexts of meaning resulting in today's communicative body movement syndrome we call eclectic. Electric? The sweet child, no. Eclectic. Like Joe Orton's farcical cynicism. For some of my more severe patients, they require release from a world of the absurd, where inanimate objects come to life. 
In these cases, a full lobotomy is the only solution. Wonderful. So could I interview one of your patients? Certainly. Oh, Mr. Ionesco, would you help him with his restraint devices? Oh, thank you. Eugene, are you happy here at Thespian House? Who can say where the normal stops and the abnormal begins? For a man to turn into a rhinoceros is abnormal beyond question. Well, who can argue with that? Very perceptive, young lady. Through our invasive therapeutic procedures, supported by our medical auxiliary, the Nurse Ratched School for Candy Stripers, Thespian House offers the best method for actor recovery, supervised by myself and Dr. Stanislavski. Thank you, Dr. Faustus. If members of your troop require serious, aversive medical intervention, you owe it to your craft union to act right now. Call our team of directors standing by on our distressed actors hotline within the next 10 minutes and you'll receive a 2% lobotomy discount card. Sorry, no byproduct returns. This is Gretchen, signing off for Thespian House, hoping you break your leg. And now, for your listening enjoyment, a short tribute to American theater. Very short. We were wondering how in seven minutes on the radio we could present the simple elegance and charm of that most quintessentially American play, Our Town, by Thornton Wilder. And we came up with an answer. Sound effects. So please, sit back and enjoy our wondrous sound spectacular, the Faust in Wonderland players abbreviated Our Town. Evening. The day is May 7, 1901. The name of our town is Grover's Corners, New Hampshire. Population, 2,640. 2,639. It's a quiet town. Not much happens here. Sun's just coming up now. There's Joe Cromwell Jr. out delivering papers. Got a good arm, that boy. And here's Homer Newsom with the milk. Still has Bessie his horse. Whoa, thank you, Bessie. Whoa, thank you, girl. Whoa. Some people think Homer made a mistake buying a thoroughbred to deliver milk, but I can't really say. And here's Doc Gibbs coming down Main Street now, trying to get into his own home. We haven't had any burglaries here yet, but the people of Grover's Corners like to be prepared. I'm home! Hello, George! Morning, Pa. Gotta go. And right next door is the Webb family. They're having breakfast, too. Cute little Emily and her mother. Mama, up, heavy? What? Huh? You got a mouthful of bacon and marmalade, child. Mama, am I pretty? You're pretty enough for all normal purposes. Now get to school. 
Did I mention there are 125 horses in Grover's Corners? This wouldn't be a problem except for the 125 automobiles that just arrived. But it's 8 o'clock already. Did I mention there are 125 coyotes in Grover's Corners? Let's set up these ladders so we can see what young George and Emily are up to tonight in their respective bedrooms. Emily. Hello, George. My ladder's all wobbly. Is yours? Nope. Oh, well, did you get the third homework problem? George, can you come down here a minute? Hey, Emily, I'll be right back. Yes, Pa. Did you chop the firewood? Yes, Pa. S Emily. Yes, George. George? Yes, Ma. Did you feed the chicks? Yes, Ma. Emily? Hello, George. George! What? What, Pa? You're scraping paint the entire house this afternoon? Yes, sir. I'm going back up my ladder now. fell over, Emily. I thought I'd call you. Hello, George. Listen, can we go get an ice cream soda tomorrow after school? Of course. Good night, George. So another quiet night comes to a close in Grover's Corners. <coughs> That's Constable Warren, keeping the peace. Dutiful man. Took his job real serious. Moved to Los Angeles, I hear. Let's skip ahead a day to see Emily and George at that ice cream soda store. Emily, you know I'm going away to State Agricultural College next year. So, are all these animals that follow you around sort of like a college prep class for you? Sort of... Shoo! Shoo! What I wanted to say was... I think I finished my ice cream soda. You want another? No. Go on. I'll just suck up the little bit left at the bottom. Well, I was... I was wondering... If you... If we... Gee, that's loud. It's a good soda. Emily, listen. If I could improve and make a big change, would you be... I mean, could you be? I... I am now. I always have been. Mr. Morgan, I didn't know you had an organ in the corner of the store. So I do. Emily, so I guess this was an important talk we've been having. Yes. <laughs> I always cried weddings. <laughs> there goes Joe Cromwell Jr. sending his regards. Thanks, Joe. I love you, Emily. 
I love you, George. I do. I do. Say, what happened? You're dead, dear. Jeepers, already? We haven't got all night. Who's that? Oh, him. Sir, this is the room for the dead people from Grover's Corners. Dickensian in London is down the hall. Oh, sorry. Can I go back and relive one day of my life? Suit yourself. How's February 11, 1899? Tuesday. I never much liked Tuesdays. Too late. It's cold. It's February in New England, girl. You want to relive your day in Palm Beach? No. No. Father! <gasps> Wish we had indoor plumbing. No! I don't want to see this. Take me back. Oh, do any human beings ever realize life while they live it? Every... every minute? No. Good night, everybody. Join us again for another entertaining episode of Faust in Wonderland. As always, tune in to FaustinWonderland.com for more enticing revelations about our devilish radio podcast productions. Our contributing actors include Nolan Meekham, Celia Bresick, Peter MacArthur, Sue Trigg, Virginia Hoffman, and Joan Lopate, with sound effects by Bill Chessman, and direction by Ron Garrison. Company playwrights are Bill Chessman, Deborah Knox, and Joe Murphy. Commercials written by Ron Garrison, Celia Bresak, and Bill Chessman. <laughs>